to Animoa, the animated movie watch. I'm Bertie. I'm Beffers. And today's episode is Barefoot Gen, or Hadashi no Gen. We pick our movies from the list of animated feature films on Wikipedia. Any movie with a theatrical release that has a critic's rating of over 50% on Rotten Tomatoes will get its own episode here on Animoa. And we're watching these films in chronological order. And this one's a bummer. <laughs> of course it was. Yeah, I mean, we knew it going into it that yeah. it would be. But let's have our drinks first. Uh, what, what do you got? It looks like... I have some leftover coffee from this morning, so I added some milk in an ice cube, and now it's kind oh. of iced coffee. Yay, iced coffee. My, I, I have a can of sparkling water, so this isn't going to sound very good. Yeah. Um, better than I thought. <laughs> It's not even cold. It's got an ice cube and it's not cold. Oh no. Well, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I know you don't, but we, we gotta. Uh, okay. We have to, and then we have to do it later for Grave of the Fireflies next yeah. year. That was on my list of movies I never want to see again. And now I think this is on my list of movies I never want to see again. Mm. How about you? How, 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 how are you feeling about this? I prepared myself going into the movie. I... Uh, read up on all the horrors that I would be seeing after the atomic bomb. Yeah. And I knew that I would probably get emotional whiplash because the movie poster for Barefoot Again is like this happy-go-lucky kid. Yeah. You think going into this movie that this is going to be, oh, it's just about life during the war and here's this funky little hero. Yeah. Even though uh, the narrator says... Yeah, bombs are happening, mm-hmm. and there's this one powerful one that's going to drop. The first half hour is yeah. just, you know, too much cheerfulness for <laughs> what ends up happening later yeah. on. That was actually going to be one of my questions oh, was yeah? about tone and tone. about the, just the tone of the film and whether whether that's balanced at all to have that first half hour be as lighthearted as it is and then to slam us in the face with the bomb. But I mean, at the same time, that's probably how it kind of felt. Yeah, that is how it felt. It was like just a normal happy day in Hiroshima one day. Mm -hmm. And then that happened. They didn't gloss over the war at all at the beginning. They still showed the family's struggles getting food and they're worried about their mom. And But still, there's this cheerful undertone yeah like enjoyable moments too yeah we were kind of laughing and i was like this is gonna hurt and then (laughs) like when we were sitting there like kind of chuckling at something like oh why oh no we're laughing now we're gonna be crying later you cried a lot i did (laughs) it was not good it was like an empty cry too which again reminds me of grave of the fireflies like the kind of cry where i'm just like this is real this sucks Mm -hmm. i hate this the the tone with that the balance like like the way I wrote with this question is like was it too much or was it too little and I'm not even sure what I mean by that specifically but I kind of do at the same time was the lightheartedness versus the the horror horrible reality was there too much or too little of that in terms of like getting it to to feel like a balanced I mean approaching it like a film I guess yeah because like I mean at the end of the day this is still a movie we're watching because it's a it's a fictionalized account of what really did happen. Because the the guy who did the comic, uh, the the mangaka Keiji Naka, uh, Nakazawa, he had two different things that he wrote. He had an autobiography, which was um, 
Was that the one called? I saw it. Yeah. Which is much more true of what actually happened, obviously, because of autobiography. And then he sort of took inspiration from that and then made Barefoot again, which is more like an adaptation of that and a slightly more fictionalized version of it. So it's like, yes, we're watching stuff that is pretty well rooted in reality, but at the same time, a fictionalized version of it. And some things are kind of glossed over and some things are exaggerated and some things are... So I'm just sort of like, what the fuck with the tone? So about that fictionalized version, I have a quote here from one of the things I read to prepare myself for this Mm -hmm. movie. Uh, It's a book called Hiroshima by John Hershey. Uh, It's accounts of uh, six people who lived through the bombing. And so this author near the end of the book writes, it would be impossible to say what horrors were embedded in the minds of the children who lived through the day of the bombing in Hiroshima. Mm. So Barefoot Gen is an example of the kinds of horrors that were embedded in these kids' minds, even though it's, you know, somewhat fictionalized. Here's a good example. If you ever wondered, you know, what kind of impressions were put upon these very young people, here you go. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, when, when I say fictionalized, I just mean that, like, certain things are, are changed yeah. based off of, like, what actually did happen to him, specifically him. But a lot of it is also 100% what happened to him. Like, yeah, him just because, being blocked by the schoolyard wall and surviving because of that. Like, yeah, that happened. Just because a few moments were fictionalized. The, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the this basically happens. Very, very real. Yeah. And... Yeah, the fact that we've got, like, these kids that are just sort of turning, catching a carp for their mom into a game, basically, and just having fun with it. When you think about the reality of that and what they're doing, and it's like, oh, yeah, they're trying to do this so she doesn't fucking die, you know? It's like, oh, my God. And it, it feels weird because usually stuff of this magnitude is treated a lot more seriously and not so, like, kind of lighthearted in terms of even kids, you know, like, like, again, I'm, I'm just going to compare it to Grave of the Fireflies, much more serious movie. Hmm. There are kids involved. The kids are the central characters, but it's so, so, so much more serious and such a smaller, more personal, quiet, subtler story than this. This is like, well, it's like a fucking bomb. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and it's just much broader I guess yeah um Nakazawa also did the screenplay for this movie yeah and I think he did a really good job at introducing the family and allowing us to just fall in love with all the characters only to have only to have half them die yeah another thing with like I guess another talking point with like the tone and everything is the actual style of the animation and the art in this movie yeah and how that also had kind of whiplash as well the way the kids were animated and drawn and designed and everything very very cartoony and sort of weird proportions and everything and just very goofy looking and acting and moving and just much more like simpler anime style versus the adults who were a little bit more refined and a little bit more intricately animated I guess and then the actual like realistic more realistic depictions of the violence and the gore and the the devastation and everything yeah so i don't know i just thought that was really interesting that we had so many different like styles just packed into one movie like that yeah the different styles could represent the different phases of innocence maybe you have the kids then the adults and then 
the at the, the whole real reality. reality. Yeah, when the bomb first hits and Gan is running through the streets, he thinks he's suddenly in a horror film. Yeah, he's like, are those, those are ghosts, yeah. you know? Yeah, and like all the the, the the bodies and all the people who are just lying around slowly dying of the burns and the radiation poisoning and everything. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And and actually the backgrounds a lot of the times and like the actual like depictions of the city, both before and after again weirdly realistic for like it's like they, they they took barefoot again himself looking like this little cartoon who's been shoved into a very realistic kind of setting but yeah i don't know well we could talk a little bit more about the animation because i want to point out how much i loved uh again and his brother and the way they moved the way they ran yeah their legs were always windmilling and it was adorable it was cute it was cute they bounced around on the ground a lot when they were wrestling. Yeah, they, they got pushed like, over and they do three bounces. They did like dust clouds even, I yeah. think, with like when they were fighting. They even do that near the end when they get the, the, the new little kid, um, Ruta, uh, when he shows up. There's like a little dust cloud scuffle. Yeah. And it's just like, again, just so much whiplash watching. It felt like watching two different movies sometimes. Kids can be like that. Like they'll forget for a moment. Mm-hmm. And go back to everything is fine and they need to play. And, and then all of a sudden, yeah. <sighs> Reality sets in. Like dead babies. Yeah. Um, we haven't actually like talked about the plot. <laughs> the, the actual sequence of events in the movie. Yeah, we can sum that up pretty quickly. Yeah. So you got Gen the hero and he has a family of... I've got one, the names. One, two, three, four, five, soon to be six people. Because yeah. his mother is expecting. Um, so we've got Gen. You've got his little brother Shinji. His mother is Kimie. Yeah, yeah Kimie. His father is Daikichi, and his sister is Eiko, and she's an older sister. The dad looks like he like makes shoes. Is what it looked like those those kind of wooden the wooden yeah. shoes. But yeah, they're all struggling uh, because. The war is happening, and they they don't have food. Yeah, I'm pretty sure at this point there's been heavy rationing, and so... Sure. Like, the whole town is probably like this, except for any of the rich people. We meet one of the rich people. We do. But we also have a really nice neighbor who also is just like, here, have some rice. Yeah. You know, helpful neighbor. But yeah, they're they're just kind of trying to make ends meet, but the mom is heavily pregnant at the time also, and she's not doing super well. She's kind of malnourished, so... The, like we have little misadventures with the the two brothers going to catch a carp because they've been told that a carp's blood or something is like very powerful, I guess, and she needs it. Then they like actually go into this man's koi pond and catch a carp from him, and he catches them. He punches Gen in the face. Yeah, calls him a brat and then just punches him. Punches him. But then the kids basically are just like, uh, we're going to tell that you punched. We want this fish. You know, kind of kind of a little bit like that. But then they started explaining why they wanted it. And the, the guy actually felt bad for them and let them have it. I thought Gen was sacrificing himself to get more fish. Because he said, punch me like a thousand times if I can have all the fish in this pond. At first he was just like, I thought he said, this man punched me. This man punched me. Oh no. That was, I think that was their first yeah. sign of defense. And then they were like, okay, well, he's... he's it kept going. Yeah. It, it, they, they, they kept changing tacks. But eventually it was just like, please. They were basically begging him by the yeah. end. They're like, we don't want our mom to die. And so yeah. then he's like, yeah, okay. And <laughs> gives them the fish. And they also think they're going to be in trouble because the man actually goes to their family the next day and tells them what happened. But their parents just kind of hug them. And that was, I think, 
the first time I almost cried (laughs) was when instead of getting punished, the kids are just kind of thanked, really. But then, of course, inevitably, we get to August 6th, uh, 1945. Yeah. They they tease you throughout the movie with air raids. Yes. So if you go in not knowing exactly when the bomb is supposed to fall. Oh my then, god. Yeah, it's it's very tense. And then they actually you start seeing the clock and then that's when you realize, oh this is it. Yeah. So yeah, they they, they start like they, they have like the first air raid that happens that morning and the all clear and then it gets closer and closer to eight fifteen and you're just like, Oh, we know it's coming. Yeah. And then it does. It happens. And it's as horrific as anything I've ever seen depicted on screen in terms of a disaster like that, like a bomb, you know? Yeah, of, of all the things we have seen so far and probably will see for this podcast, probably. this is, I think, the most horrific because it is real. Yep. It, it's... Was, it was five or ten minutes of just showing clip after clip of what the atomic bomb did to the city and the people. Yep. But still in an artistic way, because when it yeah. showed buildings crumbling, they were they were stylized like blocks of color. Yeah, yeah. The use of color in this was really amazing. And also, I, I hate to say it, like with the people melting and everything, it was also just like kind of, I mean, it's, it's obviously horrifying. But again, it was just sort of done in a way that was just sort of like the movement and the fluidity of that versus like a lot of the choppier animation throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, they they took their time and they pulled no punches at this point. Yeah. And the, oh man, when it initially hits to the silence and the the black and white flash, which is the the Pika part of the Pika Dong of the the bomb. And I I loved that detail. I mean, I can't say I loved this, but I appreciated that detail, let's put it that way. Yeah, this film is pretty accurate in terms of the devastation. (sighs) Yeah. So, as... This happens. He's actually bending, uh, again, he's bending behind a wall to pick up a rock that he dropped. And because of that, he's spared the initial blast. Yeah. And he just sort of gets thrown under some rubble. His friend dies, though. Yeah, his friend was standing upright, and so he got to see what happened to her. Yeah. Ugh. You, you actually see, like, in a, a split second before they go flying, like, half of her body being burned because of the way she was standing. Yeah. Anyway, uh... He runs to back to his house where he finds that it has collapsed and is slowly catching fire. And his mom is okay, but she's trying to free the rest of the family who are all just screaming and trapped under a beam of wood. And they they die. The father tells the mother and Gen to run. Yeah. Because it, there's no point. It's a lost cause. Yeah. Mom kind of loses it there. But yeah, following that stress of the day, uh, she goes into labor and... Gen has to run off and try to find a doctor, and he can't. So nope. they just, she just has the baby, and he's there right there, and a uh, little I'm, baby Tomoko is yeah, born. Yeah, Tomoko. <laughs> yep. But throughout the rest of the movie, the mother is still so malnourished mm-hmm. that she can't really feed Tomoko. Or is it Tomoko? Maybe it's Tomoko. It's Tomoko. I think, yeah, just in terms of... Yeah, and, and, and they're both just struggling. She's going around trying to find milk or someone who can help, and... There's a really freaky scene where she comes across a woman who at first is like screaming like she wants to kill the baby mm-hmm. and like snatches her away from her and you're so freaked out what's going to happen. But then she just holds her to her own breast and feeds her. And it's like, no, basically, I, I lost my baby. This milk is going to waste. I, I was jealous. 
the first, but now mm-hmm. I'm just like, I want to help her. And it's like, oh my God, my nerves can't handle this. And then, uh, oh gosh, Gen is just witnessing all sorts of horrible things. He sees a soldier who starts coming to radiation poisoning mm-hmm. and learns a little bit about what that entails. And so then when he realizes that he's getting some bald spots and starts like kind of his hair starts falling out, he, he's like, oh God, I'm going to die too. And I'm just like, oh fuck, wait, what? <laughs> and then we skip ahead. Like, I don't know how long, I don't think they say, but not super long at all. I don't no, think. Not super long. People um, have barely started to rebuild, but was it, did the Nagasaki bombing happen in between? Or did they mention oh. that after this? I can't even remember how long it had been. No, because that was only, that only happened three days later. Yeah. And then Japan surrendered on the 15th. When, when was it that they did hear that the war was over? Was that when before or after they dug up the, the family's skulls? It could have been during. It might have. Oh, I think maybe a family like yeah, walked by. Yeah, the family walked by. Yeah. And it, okay. announced it. Yeah. And, okay. And uh, the mother turned around and was like, what do you mean we surrendered? Yeah. <laughs> she was, you can tell she was thinking, we went through all of this and we didn't yeah. win anything. <laughs> yeah. And then, yes, a short amount of time later, it seems, they, well, actually, they don't really come across a little boy comes into their home to try to eat their food. Yeah, and he looks just like he looks like just Yep, yep. And they decide to kind of like adopt him just because he has no family. His family died in the aftermath as well, or even during. And so... Instant brothers. Yep. It's replacement Shinji. There you go. Um, So Gen and Ryuta try to find work so they can get money for some milk for Tomoko, who is malnourished. I mean, so is the mom. Everybody's like, nobody's doing well. Yeah. (laughs) And so they go and they find this this rich guy offers them 10 yen a day to take her of his brother who has been severely injured and burned and not being super well taken care of because he's like covered in maggots he and should, flies. He should be in a hospital. Like, yeah. Even if the hospitals are overrun, at least yeah. someone is going to actually care about him there. There was It was a weird situation with like the, the, the guy talking to his wife and... The, like nobody wanted to be near the brother, so I guess this was, he was just like, I'll just get useless kids to come in and like take care of him. And apparently, no one ever stuck around to do it very long. Yeah. But the the two boys do, and they keep reminding themselves it's ten yen. Yeah, this is worth it. And even though the the brother who's been injured is 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 more than kind of he's he's a complete dick to them. But we but, find out that he's just really hurting and he's wants to be and, treated like a person again yeah and the fact that i don't think anyone has really touched him since this yeah and even just even to hit him yeah because yeah. <laughs> gen gets fed up with this guy's shit and just smacks, smacks him, him. <laughs> and then the guy starts crying uh, his name is seiji yes that's right he's like hit me again please and yeah <laughs> which is weird but until you realize exactly what's going on but yeah and so they actually like kind of get him out of his own funk and he's like painting again i guess his hobby was painting mm-hmm. and they do such a good job that the the other guy gives them a hundred yen for their work yeah. and wow yay we're gonna go buy the milk yeah, and so everything's so exciting they go they, they go to the black market the black market is terrifying kind yeah. of when you think about it these two little kids but this was how you know their like society had to function after this yep. devastation it so they, they buy all the milk like huge bag they're carrying over their head multiple bags and they're marching back and they're 
all happy and then we cut to the mother the mother sitting there in silence rocking back and forth holding a bundle in her arms and even before we cut there i was like i swear to fuck if this movie and that's what i i swear to fuck if they dot 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 and then okay that's all i wrote <laughs> they they foreshadowed it though they, they did they showed the rash on tomoko's face yeah oh she's just malnourished or oh it's... she's just got a little rash i mean that's yeah that's exactly the problem guys yeah. that's that's it and so yes um in a just heartbreaking scene they come back they finally like kind of look at the mother and she just sort of looks up at them with this this look in her face and then the tears run and we finally see yeah the tomoko has died and just our little little face and then we cut straight to them cremating her <laughs> gen is really upset understandably, understandably. kind of falls into a depression um ruta's still trying to cheer him up a, a little bit more time passes and then as they're out and about right after talking about like it's going to take 70 years for anything to grow here again I think he like chases the hat or something and then they end up on the ground and they see that there's wheat growing up again which actually ties all the way back to the beginning yes, of the beginning, story when the dad was giving them like a horti- life, of- life advice horticulture lesson about mm-hmm. how wheat grows in uh, sturdy harsh conditions yeah and so yeah we had a little bud of wheat there at the end so it actually ends on a kind of hopeful note it does yeah oh yeah and his hair's growing back even yeah and the way they put that is like Basically, Tomoko gave you her life or something like that. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to cry yeah, again. Yeah, that made me sad. <laughs> Don't do that movie. God damn it, movie. That's not <laughs> how it works. <laughs> this fucking movie. I have a lot of notes that are just me kind of writing what I'm seeing on the screen and like frowny faces and fuck and <laughs> this movie and uh, oh, Jesus. There's one note where I just wrote hard to write. And that was following the 10 minute basically the 10 minute sequence of the, the bombing. I was like, I couldn't write anything during that sequence. I was just kind of sitting there shaking, but yeah. Anyway, so that's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's harsh. It's, it's not necessarily an easy watch, even with the, the lighthearted stuff interspersed through it. Yeah. I liked the lighthearted stuff. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, since you do have this, this book that you're reading with the accounts, how this, depiction of what happened did compare to those accounts like obviously it's going to be like it's going to be accurate but did what you see was that like any worse than anything you read or Mm, like I think the only thing that was worse going in was um in the movie they showed the skin melting off people's bodies right after the bomb happened but then I I watched a video of a tour of the museum in Hiroshima and there are models of like I think they're made of plastic or something but they show someone walking with their skin melting off like it came right straight from the movie oh my god I later this week I'll post on the Twitter just some random guy going through the museum and filming it and we see a little bit not in too much detail because he's trying to go through really fast yeah there are there are very gruesome things in there, but it's important that we know about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There were actually scenes where Gen was going through the city that were familiar to me because I had read this book. Like, there was a part where uh, the mother was looking for milk and she goes into this small forest yeah, where people forest. are lying or sitting or just trying to, trying to live. Mm-hmm. And 
there was a park in this book I read about. I read about the book when I was in. in so there was a park in this book where people were camped out and trying to recover and lots and lots of moments throughout my research where everything just connects. Yep. Uh, I, I was actually just going to make a connection right now. I'm looking at the cover of the book and it's the bridge that was supposed to be the, the epicenter, yeah. but instead uh, the ground zero ended up being the hospital that mm. the bomb basically landed on. And in another detail, again, like I, I, I had to you know kind of sit down and refresh my memory on, of what did happen. And in the movie, when they're showing one of those buildings erupting, it is the Genbaku Dome. Oh yeah, the and it's that's where this the the current like memorial is. Yeah, it was the industrial promotion hall, and of course they include that in the movie. Yeah, they had to <laughs> because it's it's basically like it's the a sim- symbol, the yeah, symbolic yeah. building. Yeah, and realizing what I was seeing when it was just showing that, but it kept its structure. It's like, oh yeah, because that's basically right where the bomb landed. So Mm -hmm. it was like the blast was going down instead of out. So it didn't level the building. It just sort of remained stripped, but still there. What, again, with the, with the tone and the the varying styles and stuff, what do you think of the music? I don't remember the music, except maybe at the beginning when it was all happy anime. Yeah. It was such an 80s anime. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. I was just kind of like, what? Are, really? And then even the ending, where it was a song, um, and it was I think it took itself a little bit more seriously than the opening did, but it felt like, you know, just watching the anime where they have, like, the opening and the ending credit songs of, like, any show, they do that. And I guess a lot of movies do that, too. It just felt weird to have that in a movie like this but at the same time is there a movie like this <laughs> i don't know well, I, again the closest i could compare it to would be great with the fireflies but it still feels like a very different movie mm. but they mo- they both upset me <laughs> i don't know do you want to i was going to focus on just like let's talk about characters or something we can talk about characters yeah yeah okay so yeah we've got Again, who, as we pointed out, is just this happy-go-lucky kid, but boy, does he get a lot of responsibility thrust upon him at a very young age. Yeah, when when half his family dies in the fire, his father tells him, okay, you're the man of the house now. Yep. And that becomes very, very true when he has to deliver his sister. Yep. Be the adult there. I think he even said, like, he kind of had to, like, build that little hut that they were yeah. all well, camped down in. Like, he said he was cool. going to, and then it showed up, so we assumed I he did. did. Yeah. Good, good job, kid. <laughs> and he also becomes the provider by always finding food. Yeah. Finding work, even. Finding work. Yeah. But then he becomes the big brother again. Yeah. He, he has dual identities now. That's Multiple rough. identities. Not just as a kid, but as Hibakushu which is a word they use for bomb-affected person. Okay. Um, They don't use it in this movie, but it's important to note. Yeah, there was a lot of stigma about people who got radiation poisoning or even minor injuries or even no injuries because people assume that, oh, you've been poisoned, you probably Mm. shouldn't function in society, but... um, Stay away from them kind of thing. Yeah, it makes me wonder if... Gen were a real person if he would have hid that or if he would have been proud of that or, you know, what kind of identity he would take with that word. 
Well, um, based off of what I know about the real events, um, I know his his mom did have like obviously like pretty intense radiation poisoning, mm-hmm. and when she did pass away, it, when she was cremated, something about like um, instead of turning to ash, she like went to like like white powder instead because of the radiation. Wow. But yeah, no, she still lasted like until oh gosh, was it the sixties? I think. Mm-hmm. So she she stuck around for a little bit, but oh, and uh, Keiji Nakazawa passed away, I think, in twenty twelve. Yeah. So little nice long life considering. Yeah. But yes, back to Gan, since yeah, not the real person, but based off of the real person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what order to talk about people because it feels like we should talk about the mom because she does live. Yeah, we could. Yeah, versus like Shinji or something who's important in the first half but dies. Um, so yeah, the mom, Kimie. She is well not only malnourished but she's also very stressed out by yeah by everything um, from the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And so that just that overwhelmed. T- yeah, that takes a different form after the bomb happens. She. She gets a, a little manic when yeah. her family dies. She, she has, starts laughing. Yeah, yeah. She has basically, uh, I guess, what they would call like hysteria. Yeah, no, she's gone through a lot. Mm-hmm. I think when Tomoko is born, that grounds her more. It does help. And yeah, she it's, seems she seems more awake. Mm-hmm. I forget how much we see of her after Tomoko passes i'm trying to remember the very end of the film and i remember yes we see the boys but i don't remember what we see of her after that moment she is there with them during the cremation it's it's basically ceremonial Mm -hmm. so of course she's going to be there oh okay they did the boat at the very end i forgot the boat we didn't even mention that yeah he he, oh yeah so so again builds a boat for his brother shinji and they they don't get to watch it float before the bomb goes off. Yeah. And then once the the hut is built and, you know, they have their family unit kind of together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Their new family. Yeah. Gen builds a boat again for his new little brother. And they yeah. watch it float at the end of the movie. And tears ensue yeah. for everybody watching. It's 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 also for Shinji because it's like a one of those lantern things. Yeah. And they have a little prayer for it and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I just remember the mom is there for that. And yeah, no, uh, she's she's doing her best, <laughs> but you know, there's only so much she can do. Feel bad for her. <laughs> Feel bad for everyone, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, we've got. I guess we can go back then to Shinji, and then you can almost put Ruta in the same breath because yeah, it's, they, it's weird. They just sort of like replace him with like an, a carbon copy, basically. Yeah. It, it feels like a weird contrivance, I guess, in the, in the scope of the movie, like. Here's a new kid because we want to have this relationship, but we had to have the brother die. And it's like, what? Why? But eh, whatever. And so just, you know, with a little brother, very cute, very acts like a little brother. Just like a lot of innocence, a lot of what do you not the pressure of being a younger brother, but kind of, you know, like when he's crying and, and stuff, when he's he's like, I'm gonna tell my my younger brother what to do when I have a disciple, or is it what the translation yeah. kept saying when when the new baby would be born? It's like then I'm gonna have the one that can boss them around, mm-hmm. just like Gen does to me. And then they kind of like poke fun him and he starts crying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like poor little kid. I liked his character design. 
He was, what, four years old? If that. I mean, he was <laughs> young. I like his stubby little legs. Yeah. Just so adorable. Very, very stylized. The look of uh, both the kids, honestly. The little kids. And then Ruta looked, again, pretty much the same. I think they did something a little different with the teeth, maybe. Mm-hmm. But they pretty much identical. And similar in personality as well. Yeah. Just, uh, acts like a little brother. Sister, there's not much to say about her, but the dad I want to talk about, because the dad actually has some anti-war opinions that get brought up in this movie, and it was interesting to hear that. It was, because I know he would have, in real life, wanted to keep that inside. Yeah. You know, so he didn't get judged as anti-Japanese or just not supporting the war effort. Yeah, there were plenty of opinions that were like that at the time. It's just... The government and those in charge, like mm-hmm. as as the movie said, like they were silent about things, and there's like an actual term for that. The whole the um the fact that they ignored the Potsdam Declaration, the you know the the conditions for surrender and everything, and the ignoring of that. It's a mokusatsu, which is basically kill it with silence. Mm-hmm. So they were just like, no, we're 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 not going to respond to that, which. The Americans and everyone else decided meant we refuse. So then that's why the bombs were dropped. <sighs> so yeah, that was their policy, and that's what happened. Interesting. Yeah, but yeah, the fact that the dad actually expressed those anti-war sentiments in any war, it seemed like is kind of what he was saying. But yeah. he 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 did also point out like this war is just a bad war, and it really needs to stop. Mm-hmm. And like it passing it on to his kids and, like, trying to express that to them. It's like, man, I appreciated that character. Yeah, I like that character so much. Yeah. He was such an anime dad. Yeah. He even did he that was. laugh where, like, the boys are running off into the field. And he's like, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the anime dad laugh. <laughs> no, he was, a good, he was a good character. And that was rough to actually basically watch him die on screen. Yeah. Like, when the beam kind of, like, it looks like it basically crushes his head a little bit there. Yeah. Like not only is he saying, leave me, he's also saying, leave these two kids who are with me. Yeah. Oh, it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. And and that really happened. There were whole families who were, you know, crushed by their houses. And if not crushed by their houses, died in fire. Yep. That happened to Nakazawa. That, that did happen to his family. He and his mom survived while the rest of his family died in their house. Yep. And yes, she did have a baby, and yes, she did die. That should happen. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we could talk a little bit about the big sister. Yeah, Eiko. Eiko, yeah. She, she she took on the mother role because Kimie was not sure so far was. along that she couldn't do very much. She was like maybe not quite as old as 10, probably, but not much younger than that, I would be my guess, just sort of based off of her maturity. But she, she might have had to have been mature ahead of her time mm-hmm. honestly so but yeah no she she was a, a sweet little character she just didn't do a whole lot she yeah. just kind of was there to be the well mom is kind of indisposed so here i am kind mm-hmm. of character but it was still you know fucking rough to watch her die too yeah we had the nice neighbor whose name i forget like there are some names i don't remember he was he was a good he was a bro. Yeah, <laughs> he, he did what he could to help. He showed up when the fire was happening at the house and helped oh, evacuate. Yeah. yeah, he did. I don't I don't know if we find out whether he lives or dies. I don't remember seeing him later. 
And then, of course, there's the, the guy with the carp who turned out to be okay. We know? don't know what happened to him. No, we don't. No, no fate known. And, and then we have the rich guy. The rich guy. And his family. He's got a wife and two daughters and mm-hmm. his his brother. Not much to say about them other than, like... They're just kind of assholes. Yeah, they're there to represent. Like they're, they're there for that plot line and then to, to point out, like, the, the stigma against the, the people who did survive these horrible burns and yeah. radiation and everything. And, and then you have the soldier who all the died soldier. of Pika. Yeah, they, they called it Pika, which I didn't know was what they called that. Well, because that was the flash, I thought. Is well, that what they mean? Like, they, I think that's what they meant, or at least that's what they called it at the time, because they still weren't entirely sure what the hell this right. was. Even if they found right. out this was atomic or nuclear or radiation, yeah, there was so much that hadn't been right. researched and discovered about it. So I guess if, yeah, I guess by saying, like, Dying from Pika would be like, yes, you were caught in the bomb, but not necessarily killed by it. Like the explosion part, you mm-hmm. were maybe like the people who survived the, the flash, I guess. It was be. radiation poisoning. It was, absolutely. And the way they depicted that was pretty horrific. And mm-hmm. how the guy kind of didn't really realize what was happening until he was already like writhing on the ground, vomiting up blood. Yep. Yikes. And also to show like when Gen brings him to the kind of like makeshift hospital grounds kind mm-hmm. of thing where you've got the doctor saying like only help those who will survive you and know? that like, happens oh too. god yeah yeah well i mean i don't think there were too many doctors left there really Hiroshima were <laughs> at this point um just knowing the fact that it landed on a hospital where i'm sure a lot of people were working that day and there were a lot of doctors who had their own injuries to take care oh, of oh god yeah what else do you want to talk about? Because I think I've covered the bits that I wanted to ask about. And if there's anything else you want to talk about, not necessarily final thoughts, but we might be getting there, actually. Um, it'll probably blend into final thoughts. Okay. I thought it was weird how, uh, like, a few minutes before the bomb hit, one of the characters observed that a trail of ants were coming into the house. I'm yeah, not sure that if that actually happened. I don't think that could, because it's not like this is a natural disaster. Like, yeah. that's the point of the horror of this, is that it's a man-made disaster. Yeah, so like, if it wasn't meant to be, oh, they know something's up, it was probably just, here's an, an idyllic morning, and children are observing nature. And I mean, I think it was supposed to mean, like, oh, they know something's happening, but it still doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There's no way that... The ants would know. I don't care if animals have a sixth sense. They don't know a bomb's about to be dropped on a city. <laughs> They'll know maybe if an earthquake's coming, but a bomb is completely different. Sorry, <laughs> ants don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk very much about Tomoko, even though. Oh, God, like, yeah. I feel um, like we kind of wrote off her character because she was just a baby, but I thought she was really symbolic. Oh yeah, of this family and of the war. I mean. She's born, and they're talking about, well, the, the meaning of her name is, like, child with friends or something mm-hmm. like that. Child with many friends. And the fact that they they want to name her that because it's, like, I think, was it Gen was saying something about, like, what did he say? He said it's something like, like, I hope she grows up to have lots of friends. Yeah, and you're sitting there thinking, like, how many kids are even, like, around right now? How many people are going to be having babies that survive? Not many. Yeah, and, and knowing that, she probably wasn't going to survive, even at that point. Just, like, this seems kind of 
doomed. You're born on that day in the middle of that. Yeah. From someone who already probably has radiation poisoning. Like, she was doomed. It's just really sad to, to watch all the characters struggle to try to save her. And Yeah, um, even though near the end of the movie they were rebuilding their life and she still dies, that's yeah. like... It it says a lot about what continues to happen to people who have lived in this city. Yeah. Like just because they're rebuilding, that doesn't mean everything's fine. No. They're still... These effects are lasting. Yeah, they're lasting. And uh, people were more susceptible to leukemia and cancers. Yep. You know, bad stuff just keeps happening. It doesn't stop. But then, of course, you have the, the sort of flipped it on its head message of like, oh, look, the wheat's coming back, so things are getting better. So... I don't know. <laughs> Movie, make up your mind. <laughs> I guess that's life, huh? That's life. That's life. Oh, so, um, okay, now we can final thoughts it. Final thoughts it. Well, I heard that the manga was uh, banned in a few schools for being too graphic. I didn't mm. even know that this manga was supposed to be for kids. Is it for kids? I don't know. Oh. Or maybe, I think a lot of Librarians just assume that because it's comic, then it's for kids or teens. Uh, I have a question for you, actually. Do you think, you know, there's an age group that this movie or manga would be better for? Like, obviously not little kids, because we don't want to... No! but like This is not for kids! For educational purposes? High school. I would say middle school at the earliest. I would not, as a middle schooler, want to have ever seen the images that I saw on the screen. Mm. Just knowing my own tolerance for stuff like that, that would have fucking traumatized me. Like, think about how old we were in middle school. You know, like, on average, like, 11 or 12 or whatever. Well, I think about the education we got about World War II in Japan versus in Europe. And I remember it being very Europe-centric. It was. Yeah, I remember learning about the concentration camps and all that horror. So... Like, I don't remember which grade we did, but I do remember in middle school we were told about that if we hadn't already gotten that education in elementary school. I, um, for me, middle school, I think, was, I don't, I did have, there was American history, but I think I just learned a lot more in high school in general. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with waiting to teach some kids some of that stuff, like, like, watch Schindler's List in high school. Oh. Didn't watch that in middle school. I yeah, feel Schindler's like, List, yeah. Um, I mean, we're still depicting some pretty brutal, horrifying stuff in a film like that versus a film like this. Yeah. But if it's animated, does that... I mean, it probably lulls them into a false sense of security because they're going to think it's all cute and cartoony like but the movie does for the first half hour. It does do that. But if, if the devastation is animated rather than actual real footage... Does that put like a kind of like a screen in front of it to help desensitize people? I don't know if it necessarily helps that much Mm because it's honestly you can be even more brutal with animation. That's true. In a certain way, like the the way they animated those people melting, pretty fucked up. Yeah. I I would not, again, I I argue that this is not for (laughs) anyone under a teenager. (laughs) This is PG-13. <laughs> yes, that, that definitely is. And maybe maybe if you were to watch it with your kids, it, I mean, obviously, like, you know, like, have we talked about, you know, atomic bombs? <laughs> Do my kids know about that? Like, uh, 
regardless of what age you think is best as a teacher or, or parent for, to expose anybody to this, I think it's important that kids still learn about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because like I said before, I think in when I was in school, I think they just did, oh, Pearl Harbor happened, and then we were, you know, in the the war in the Pacific, and let's yeah. go back to Germany, blah, blah, blah. Yep, no, that's, that's basically exactly what we were taught. We were just taught about, like, any time America just inserted itself into, like, specific events. So Pearl Harbor and then the bombings. It was like nothing happened in between. They yeah. didn't talk about anything. Iwo Jima, maybe? That was about it. Maybe. <laughs> so that leads me into another point that the effects of the bomb were classified for so many years. Yes. Yeah, even Japan itself didn't really report on anything right after they happened. Right. And so the announcement that Japan was surrendering came as such a surprise to people because they didn't know what had happened. Didn't really understand the full extent of what the bombs had done. Yeah. And <sighs> for many, many years, the, the U.S. didn't want any images of um, the Hibakushu you know, getting out. What was it? Hibakusha. Hibakusha. Yeah, but it was because of journalists uh, like one such, John Hershey, who wrote the accounts of six people, and published it in the New Yorker, despite being told, no, we don't want to publish it. He was like, here I go. (laughs) Here I go, exposing everything. Yeah, America just didn't want to get the word out. And there there were videos of, there were like medical videos of, basically just people's wounds to, to document, to research. And that was classified until, I don't know, the 70s or 80s. Wow. And then here along comes this movie in mm-hmm. the 80s, early 80s. Yep. So this was probably one of the earlier depictions, maybe even on film, of all of this. Is that possible? Um, like, there, were short, there were other short films. Short films, but um, not like... There was one in 78 called Pikadon. Okay, yeah. And there were mangas, some of them by Keiji Nakazawa, like Struck by Black Rain and uh, I Saw It. Yeah, which I almost do want to read just to kind of mm-hmm. see. Yeah, the reason why I didn't read uh, Barefoot Gen for this movie was because it was 10 volumes and I didn't know oh, if, my gosh. if my slow library system would be able to give me all the volumes. Sure. So, the John Hershey book had been on my reading list for so many years, and I wanted something real. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And no, I, I'm glad that you read real accounts so we could kind of have that to have to compare against. Yeah. Oh, uh, back to journalism. Apparently in the U.S., people didn't, or editors didn't want to show pictures of the devastation. They just showed pictures of the mushroom cloud. Yeah. So, you know, American citizens just didn't realize how awful this thing that they did was. I'm, I'm not saying the American citizens did it. No, 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 no of course. They, they didn't know. That's government the thing. officials. Yikes. Anyway, yes, actual final thoughts on the film. Final thoughts on the film is going to be emotional whiplash. Mm-hmm. It's going to seem like a happy-go-lucky movie, but I would recommend this movie as long as you know going into it that a bunch of horrific stuff is going to happen. Just right off the first half hour. Still uh, watch it, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, just don't don't expect the whole movie to be like that, because it ain't. It gets so much worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, this is another movie that I'm never going to watch again, uh, unless there's a podcast where I have to watch a movie like this again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you, Grave of the Fireflies! Fuck, I'm not looking forward to that. 
but it became a very different movie to that at the same time. Just similarly, just kind of fucked me up a little bit. We'll get there. Yep. Yay. Okay, phew. We did it. What's next? I believe it's Fire and Ice. Fire and Ice. Okay, so is this our last back sheet? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, back to back sheet. It's been a minute. Uh, I mean, honestly, the last one we watched was a pretty good one. Mm -hmm. So maybe this will also be somewhat okay? All I know is that it's a half-naked fantasy. Oh boy. All right. Okay. Well, uh, back to fantasy. We'll see how he handles it this time. Maybe with fewer Nazis. I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see you guys next time then. Bye. such an anime dad yeah he even did he that was. laugh where like the boys are running off into the field and he's like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah yeah the anime dad laugh